Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence in some part of the world. Today's guest is Kat Corchado. Kat, say hello to the world. Hello, world. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And uh, we got a great one on this time. You have quite the story just looking at the information you sent us. And I'm excited to kind of learn more about you. I don't know you personally. We set this up, I think, primarily through my uh, producer who does a lot of uh, club house uh, and, and kind of ran into you that way I believe but let's do what we always do here and introduce you to our audience so we like to introduce all of our guests to our audience by asking the very simple but not so simple question of who are they so who is Kat Corchado that's, that's how much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> as much time as you want to take <laughs> Um, hello, everybody. Um, thank you, Dripping in Black, for having me and Sean and David. Uh, I'm, I'm a, first and foremost, um, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. I actually grew up in the military. So when I was born, my dad was already in the Air Force. And I grew up as a military brat. And the one thing you don't want to do is a thing that you've been associated with all your life. So I tried to do something different and realized that I was going to go in the military only to, for a few years to give myself a chance to think about what I really wanted to do. And I ended up staying 20 years in the military. <laughs> so wow. um, I did, I was in communications. Um, I had my son. So I do have a child, Nathan. Hi, Nate. And it was at that point in time in the military, it was a very safe place to raise a child. For example, I could go to the commissary on base and leave my son outside in the yard playing and it was fine. There was, there was no reason, you know, everyone looked out for each other and towards the end of my career, I met my husband who we have now been married 27 years. His name is Peter. And we, I finally got out of the military. The transition part of it was very hard for me. And I tried to go the traditional route of getting a job and they wanted a degree, even though I'd been doing project management for 20 years. And so I'd always kept one foot in the civilian world um, in fitness. And so I was teaching aerobics. I became a personal trainer. 15 years ago, I, I added Pilates and I've been doing that. Um, quite successfully. And a year ago during COVID, I started my podcast career with Sisters in Service. And and here I am on your show. So hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a lot, a lot there. Uh, so I want to go back to the childhood first. So you said you were a military child and you were a military kid. Um, where did that childhood begin? What part of the globe? I, I was actually born in England. 
so when my when I was born, we were wow. in England, and we went from England to Michigan. Hello, yes, oh, I was in Michigan. Go. I re- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember how cold it was there as a child. From Michigan, yeah. we went back to England. And from there, we went to New Mexico, where we stayed almost six years. That's when my dad went to Vietnam. And Mm -hmm. he came back and we stayed there a little bit longer. And it was from there that I actually went into the military. And so quick newsflash or quick, a little fact here is I went in on delayed enlistment and I was a single parent. And so mm-hmm. I signed the paperwork in November 79 and mm-hmm. March of 1980, I went active duty. And what I didn't okay. realize is that in January of 1980, they had stopped single parents. Now this is just the air force. I don't know about the other branches, um, single mm-hmm. parents from coming in. So that doesn't mean that, you know, single parents can't come in right now, but they have to have a power of attorney uh, for someone to watch their their children or child. And I didn't have to have that. So when I went in and we were signing all this paperwork and my training instructor called me and he said, how did you get in the military as a single parent? And I was like, I don't know. Y'all let me in. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not my fault, but, (laughs) and that's where my career started. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's quite the story here. I don't think we're going to be able to capture everything about you in this podcast. So I'm only, I won't make an attempt. So let's 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 jump into your podcast. And then if I can circle back to other stuff, then I will. So sure. you have a podcast by the name of Sisters in Service. And yes. uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my producer, uh, S Square Sean Smith, met you in uh, Clubhouse. And through that, that's how you connected. So let's talk about Sisters in Service. What is it? If I tune in, what do I get? Sisters in Service is a platform for veterans, for all veterans, but specifically women veterans, where we are talking about those things that happen to us in service and out of service. Now, this includes military spouses, Blue Star, Gold Star families, and veteran service organizations or VSOs that help veterans and, and women at the same time. And so when I got out, I just realized it was just really hard for women to speak on those things that happen to them. If you're not around people who look like you, and I mean, you know, in the military, you're wearing the same uniform, you speak the same language, and then you get out of the service and and that's gone. And so I realized that I was missing those elements. And it was through a women's organization called the Women Veterans Network, where I'm a national consultant, that I realized how much I missed my women veterans or my veterans in general, even after 17 years of being out of the service. And it was only through woven that I, I kind of realized what my, I realized my leadership skills again and started yeah. thinking now I didn't start my podcast because I listened to podcasts. My husband was always pod, you know, he listens to podcasts and I don't know where the idea came from. And okay. so I thought, well, let me just start this <laughs> podcast And originally Mm -hmm. I was going to do it through Woven. And then I said, you know what, if I'm going to learn this, it's going to be my podcast. And that's where Mm -hmm. Sisters in Service was born. Yeah. Okay. So uh, again, uh, as I'm listening, things are kind of popping up in my head. And 
you said you had been out for 17 years. Um, you miss uh, a lot of the things that the military provided for you, that that experience provided for you. And that was kind of a spark for you. And then you said something I found interesting, like you had to rediscover your leadership. So you lost that within yourself. Talk a little bit about that. Well, in the military, you're giving you're given responsibility, especially if you've shown leadership skills, you go to leadership, NCO leadership school and all of this other stuff. And then you get out and you're into another environment where people don't really recognize your leadership skills. Because you're just a worker and you have to do certain things to make yourself known. And I just wasn't about that. And so it was through the Women Veterans Network where I became for I was one of the original peer leaders in 2017. And you you realize that you're connecting with other women. And then I became a trainer where I helped other peer leaders become peer leaders And then I was chosen as a national consultant. And I realized that I have this leadership style, this leadership skill that I can utilize that I learned from the military. So it's kind of, I won't say it's being back in the military, but it's, it's a way for me to be a leader and, and help women without someone saying, oh, you're doing it wrong, or it's this, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of just corresponding, being around other people and realizing that people are different and you have to learn, you know, how to bring people together and to listen and to be that, that person that they can come to if needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something about that story that reminds me of something I went through. Uh, I won't go too far into it, but we, uh, I was at a school district and the district closed and it was, um, it was kind of a surprise. Um, I guess some people saw it coming better than others, but um, I was surprised that the entire district closed. And at the end of that school year, I was looking for a job. And so you have to go through these job interviews and they're asking you questions. And I felt like you felt like, I mean, I did the job. I mean, I, you know, I'm not out here trying to find a job because I'm new, you know, exactly. so I had to really get that attitude out of, out of there. It's a humbling experience, right? to kind of get placed in front of people that you probably actually know more about the profession than they do. And they're asking you questions um, about your ability and stuff like that. It's like you're starting from zero again, even though you've been doing this job for years, all of a sudden you're, you're back at zero and they're like, Oh, well, how, you know, they're asking you all these questions and you're thinking, really? (laughs) I I could do your job. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that really interesting. So sister um, and sister, sisters in service podcast. And uh, obviously your experience kind of drew you to this podcast. I find it interesting is in 2020. 2020 was quite the year. (laughs) Did 2020 have anything to do with the creation of it? I had had the idea for about a year. And just Mm -hmm. being busy, I was working at several studios and a club as a personal trainer and Pilates instructor. And and it was just in the back of my mind. And, Mm. you know, you kind of think, I just don't have time to do this. When am I going to have time to do this? And then COVID hit and everything came to a stop. And I heard, I either heard, I was speaking with someone and they said, what can you say you accomplished in the time of COVID? Now, back then you thought, 
COVID was only going to be a few months. And they said, what can you say you accomplished? And I thought, wow, now's the time to do this. And so that's how it came about. So that's when I had the time to do it and fell in love with it and said, you know what, this is, I like this. (laughs) I like doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I I would say for me, it's a similar story. This is why we birthed the Dripping in Black podcast in 2020. And I'll be interested to see how many additional podcasts were birthed during that time period once they start researching it like that. But so let's talk about the idea of creating a podcast and then actually doing it. Well, what were some challenges you faced from the bringing the idea to fruition? Well, I'm a systems girl. I can't just, you know, there are some people that'll jump in the deep end and just learn how to swim. That's not me. (laughs) So I said, okay, okay, I... I, I learned how to do it. There was a, um, a podcaster, been podcasting for years. His name is Pat Flynn. And he had a course and I said, okay, let me learn how to do this. And it was the best thing I ever did. The hardest part of the entire mm-hmm. thing is pressing the publish button on your first episode. <laughs> That's the hardest thing to do. Once you do that and you get over yourself, you know, you're like, oh, let me mm-hmm. just do it. And mm-hmm. You do it and you push the button. And the other hard part is not to compare yourself with other podcasters. Yeah. Because what you do is what you do. I call it your secret sauce. Everyone has, every podcast host has that secret sauce that they bring to the table. And even Mm -hmm. if we're speaking on the same thing, so David, you're doing something, I'm doing the same thing. You're going to have people who come to your podcast because of you. And I'm going to have people who come to my podcast because of me. The subject matter is there. Yes. The guest. Yes. But they're coming there for you, for what you bring to the table so that it's hard not to compare yourself. But, you know, you you do you and and I'm going to stay in my lane with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, 2020 is 2021. So you've been at it for about a year. How would yes. you say it's going? I, I think that I'm learning and growing. I think it's going great. Mm. It's It's not a. Mm-hmm flash in the pan. And I knew that because Pat Flynn said, look, this is, this is the long game. And so I realized that, and I told this to someone the other day that in order for your podcast to get better, you have to grow. If you want your podcast to grow, a lot of people Mm -hmm. want their podcast to grow, but they don't grow as people. They don't grow as a person, as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though if my podcast is going to grow, then I have to grow in order for things to increase to get better. And so the more yeah. I learn, the, the, the more I can apply that to my podcast and make it better, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's growing with intention, right. It's, you know, specifically growing in certain areas for this particular reason. Well, I want it to grow organically. You know what I mean? I want it to be something that I've learned that I applied that I was like, Oh, that works. You know, someone said to me, and I think um, Sean may know this too, is is, know this person, Sid Meadows. And so I'm in this this room mostly every day on Clubhouse. And he said something that just resonated with me. And he said, always be testing. If you want to try something, try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Keep it moving. Learn something else. So that's the one thing that I've applied to my podcast is is I'm always testing what works and what's not working. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. So part of uh, what we do to get you on is we have you fill out a form, get a little information, things that you might find of interest that you want to speak on. And one of the things that jumped off your page was uh, women starting businesses in their 60s. And so you're trying to convince us that you're in your 60s or close to your 60s. Me and Sean are not buying it, but we still are interested in your perspective uh, about this. So let's talk about this. Women in their 60s starting a business. Well, I, I would love to say I'm in my 40s, but I'm not. Um, I, I turned 64 this year in June. And wow. I, like, I don't like to say age. I like to say level. I'm a level 64. Because when you say level, people oh, kind of okay. spin their head around and go, what, level what? what? Level and what? <laughs> mm, I like that. I think I'm still in that. <laughs> oh, I think I'm still in that. I think I'm telling my students that. <laughs> well, I think the okay. one thing that I want to speak to on this is a lot of times we get into that, oh, I don't know this, or, oh, I'm not... Mm. I'm I'm too old to start this or you know you you get those those beliefs and I want women to understand that you're never too old to start anything. If I can start a podcast and learn how to do it and learn how to keep it moving forward, then anybody else can do it. It doesn't matter. People start things all the time. You don't know what you can do until you do it. And it's going to be frustrating. It's not easy. I'm not even going to go there and say, oh, yeah, it was a breeze. It was this. No, it wasn't. There are going to be days when you think, why am I doing this? (laughs) What? I suck at this. You know, I'm not doing this. And then you get over yourself and you and you keep moving forward anyway. That's what you have to do is just to keep moving. But get started. Whatever it is, you want to write a book, start it. You want to be a, be a podcast host, start it. You want to start a business, start it, just start it, just do it. And then learn as you go. Yeah. And so now the question I I, I'm looking forward to hearing your response to, and you've kind of answered it along the way, but you've had quite an experience. I think, you know, as a military child into the air force, coming out of the air force and, I think the biggest thing that I'm getting from you is being aware of where you are. You know what I mean? Everybody doesn't have that where they really can can tap in and say, this is where I am. Let me make an assessment of where I am. Let me identify what I need to do next. All right. So that's all said to set up this question. Knowing what you know now, go back to a younger cat who's just starting her military career what are some advices some some words of advice that you would give to her to try to navigate the world a little easier when I was younger when I first went in the military so I went in at 22 and for many years I was scared of my own shadow I was afraid to speak up I was afraid Mm. of saying what my ideas were because Mm. i I didn't think that they were worth saying. So I would say to that younger person, you know, be strong, stand strong and speak your mind. Mm. You have a voice. So even if they don't like your idea, at least you said it. Yeah. And, and that's okay. So I would just say to, to, to be strong in who you are and, and, and stand strong and speak your mind. Wow. Powerful. 
All right. So Sisters in Service podcast has been at it for a year, right? I'm yes. sure you have big goals for it, right? So we're we're going to flip a switch. You're where you are now, but you can flip this switch and take it where you see it going. After that, that switch is flipped. What are we seeing with Sisters and Sisters, Sisters and Service podcast? You're seeing it as a household name. People know it. At least veterans do. You're seeing me traveling to events and Sisters in Service is there at events, at conventions for veterans, especially for women. And you're seeing me as a speaker. I'm being invited to speak. And... I don't know if you'd see me on TV, maybe, maybe not, but I'm not going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. All right. So that's fantastic. So now that Dripping in Black, uh, part of our goal is to continue to grow and grow and increase our audience so that when we bring fantastic guests on and have them use our platform to tell their story, they can tap into our audience as well. So what is something tangibly that our audience can do to help you get to that flipped switch? Well, I'm not sure if there are any veterans that'll be listening. Um, And if not, that's okay. But what I want to say is when you hear or you see or you speak to someone who mentions that they were in the military, be interested in what they did. A lot of times people say, oh, thank you for your service. And it's very dismissive. If you're going to say anything, say thank you so much for wearing the uniform because only 1% of the entire population of the United States does that. It's even less of a percentage for the number of women. And any women that are listening to this realize that women veterans are having a hard time being identified as veterans. And so if you were to ask anyone if men or women or both make up the military, they would look at you like you're crazy. Well, men and women make up our, our military, but we're not seen as veterans. I, I get encountered all the time for not, you know, being, well, for instance, there's a supermarket here that allows veteran parking. Doesn't say disabled veteran, just says veteran. And people will Mm. challenge me all the time because I don't look like a veteran. Mm. So it's, it's very very hard for women veterans to be seen as veterans. And I think a lot of it is because we're not seen on, on TV. You know, you see the men, you don't see the women, and this is a national news and local news. And so I'm challenging my local news all over the United States to start featuring women veterans, you know, yeah. in, in your events, in your stories. You know, I'm sure if you put a feeler out, women veterans be like, hey, over here, you just have to not yeah. assume that women aren't a part of being the, of this veteran community. So just, yeah. you know, be interested when you meet a veteran, ask him where they were stationed, how long did they serve? Those because we love talking about our service, but we're not just going to start talking about it unless you ask. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Wow, that's a, that's a lot there. Uh, I received that challenge as well. Here at Dripping in Black, I'm going to put Sean on notice. Um, we're going to tap into as many more women veterans as we can to kind of help along with that or support you in that cause. And so we'll kind of talk afterwards to see what we can do to get more women veterans. We have had at least one that I can think of for this season of Dripping in Black, a, a woman veteran, but um, just powerful there. Thank All you. right, but we must. We must kind of move it along to our final and most important question. But before I get to that, I want to make sure that people know where to find Sisters in Service. So where can I find Sisters in Service podcast? It's on all platforms. If you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you just type in my name, Kat Corchado or Sisters Mm -hmm. in Service, it will pop up. I'm all over social media. Again, you just put in my name or sisters in service. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, clubhouse. I don't have a a club, but I'm always in clubhouse. And of course, if, if you need to contact me, I'm sure that, you know, Sean and David will have my um, email address for sisters in service where you can contact me if needed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get to it. The final, but most important question. You ready? I'm ready. Have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? No, I have not. Wow. I am thoroughly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I wish that I would have, but um now mm. that I think back, no, I've never been on the cover. I've been wow. inside yeah. a magazine, but not on the cover. That's good. Being inside is great, but it's nothing like being on the cover, right? I know, right? That would be well, cool. Here at Dripping in Black, we aim to please. So my producer, Sean Smith, is going to pull up your cover. And one of the things that we do at Dripping in Black is we place each and every one of our guests on the Dripping in Black podcast magazine cover. So there is your cover. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that is a parting gift that we like to give to all of our guests as a thank you for coming out and sharing their story with us. We will print it out, laminate it, send it out to you at a later date, and then post you up here on our wall of fame as well. And you can look over my shoulder. You see quite a few of the first season's guests. I got to get busy and put some more of the uh, the other guests back on there. but. That's our thank you to you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. I was going to ask you about those pictures. I was like, who are those people back there? <laughs> so yeah, thank you. I, when I started, I, we didn't have any covers. So I just thought of, uh, um, you know, Black Excellence. And, you know, so that's why you see Barack and, and uh, Michelle. But I haven't ruled out them coming onto the Dripping in Black podcast at some point either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep the yeah. keep the dream alive. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But Kat Corchado will definitely be back there. All right. Well, thank you. So we thank you again for coming out. You have any shout outs you want to give before we close out? No, just a shout out to, you know, Deshaun and, you know, to you, David, and to all my veteran brothers and sisters out there. I so appreciate you. And even though I'm a veteran, I know what it takes to do what you did in the service and then after service 
and I'm I'm here if needed. And if anyone wants to, you know, be a guest on on Sisters in Service, and you're out there and you were just doing the damn thing, then please contact me. I would love to have you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reach out to Cat. We thank her. Now we ask our audience to hang on for the final segment, the last trip. But thanks again to Cat Corchado. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Up next, the last drip. But first, a message from Anchor. A dripping in black thanks to Kat Corchado. We appreciate her infectious spirit, as well as her passion to raise awareness and recognition for female veterans of our armed services. A tremendous work she is doing, and we applaud her. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more of Black excellence for you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we highlight the life and career of Marcellet J. Harris. Born January 16, 1943 in Houston, Texas, as a child, it was said that Marcellet dreamt of moving to New York City to become an actress. In 1960, she enrolled in the prestigious HBCU, Spelman College, where she earned a bachelor's in speech and drama in 1964. But after struggling to find a job performing, Harris decided to join the Air Force. Over the course of her career in the Air Force, Marcellet held a variety of positions and achieved many historic firsts for women in the military. Among them, Harris became one of the first two women officers to command the U.S. Air Force Academy. She was the first female aircraft maintenance officer. She was the first woman deputy commander for maintenance. Harris was the first black woman to serve as a major general in the United States military. When she retired from the Air Force in 1997, she was the highest ranking female officer in the Air Force and the nation's highest ranking black woman in the Department of Defense. Harris served under Presidents Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter. In September 2010, President Barack Obama appointed Harris to serve as a member of the Board of Visitors for the United States Air Force Academy. Like our guest, Kat Corchado, Marcellus' tremendous leadership skills empower her to impact life in the Air Force and as a veteran of the military. And it's because of her trailblazing legacy that Major General Marcellus J. Harris is this episode's last drip. For more on Marcellus J. Harris, check out NBCNews.com, 11alive.com, that's the number 11alive.com, blackpass.org, and Foundations for Women Warriors.org, Foundation for Women Warriors.org. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. A friendly reminder that the DIBK Drip Shop is open. Go to DIBKDripShop.com to cop the latest Dripping in Black merch, as well as other items that are under the Dripping in Black Productions umbrella. And as always, a huge thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. 
and a big shout out to the best producer in the podcast game, Sean Smith at Square. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.